Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Well, there hasn't been a more controversial story in global horse racing this week, this year, hell, maybe this decade. Very elegant, 11-time Group 1. Caulfield, a Melbourne Cup winning champion mare, barred from a start in one of the world's most world's pin-up races, the Prix d'Arc de Triomphe. How did we get here? How was this not forecasted? And ultimately, how could a great of the turf be given this treatment? All great questions that we don't have the answers to. So let's head to the scene of the debacle party and catch up with international racing guru and journalist, Andrew Hawkins. Evening to you, Andrew. Uh, good evening. Good morning. It's, uh, yeah, been a big, big week, that's for sure. <laughs> How big is this story, uh, is this, mate? Is, this, is it the talk of the racing community on the ground in France? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I flew into to Paris yesterday morning, and, and as soon as you get there, it was it was something that everyone was talking about. Everyone's wanting to to figure out: is she going to get a run? Is she not going to get a run? Um, the the general consensus yesterday uh, morning was that she wouldn't get a run. And at that point, um, the the connections of Very Elegant had to pay a late entry fee because she wasn't in the original entries, which were taken back in May. And uh, look, at, at, in the end, they decided not to pay the the late entry fee. She would have been refunded that fee if she didn't get a start, but. Um, both the trainer, Francis Henri Graffard, and uh, the owners, led by Brace Sokolsky, uh, decided, look, instead they'll run in a different race uh, at Longchamp this weekend and save that late entry fee um, because it just didn't look like she was going to get a run. And the final field's been declared um, overnight your time uh, during the day here, and she wouldn't have got a start. So, um, yeah, look, it's 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 quite a sensation. Um, it, it's quite an extraordinary story, and I don't think anyone could have forecast that this would happen. Andrew, talk us through the reasoning around that. You've got a horse in, in this race that's only won a Group 2 in a six-horse field, and you've got Very Elegant that's won 11 Group 1s. Is, is the French racing in danger having a massive dent put on its reputation because of leaving Very Elegant out? I think on the, on the world stage, there's no doubt that if you can't uh, uh, perform to that level, uh, and then not get a, if you if you can't get a start having performed that level, then there's always going to be that that danger of 
of uh, ridicule coming your way. And and to be fair, that's coming from a number of different directions, um, not just from Australia and New Zealand. I think a lot of people um, around the world are seeing this and going, how can a horse, you know, there is always talk that Australia um, and New Zealand, that they have too many group one races compared to other places around the world. But uh, it's not like she was winning nothing group one races. She's won the Caulfield Cup, the Melbourne Cup, um, you know, they're, they're the pinnacle races on the Australian racing calendar. And to, to not be recognised for that, um, I think there's there's definitely a sense that there's something that's gone wrong on this occasion. And uh, it's it's a real shame that uh, Very Elegant, a, a horse who, who was flying the flag for, for Australia and for New Zealand, is, is the one that's mm-hmm. that's been the, the, the horse that's been affected by this. Yeah, well, it used to be a, an Australian-run Melbourne Cup, but now it's totally international. So I don't know what the reasoning is around that, saying that it's down here in Australia and it's a New Zealand horse. They, they will come down here, try, as you know, try and win that Melbourne Cup. But at the heart of it, do you think that the rating of the French handicap has given her that 130 is a reflective of where she is at her career at the moment? Look, it, it probably is, to be fair. She, she isn't the same mare that she was last year or she hasn't been this year. But again, there's there's reasons for that. I think if you look at uh, the the Sydney autumn that she came through, it was very very wet in Sydney. Um, I'm based in Sydney, and I haven't seen I haven't seen uh, rain throughout the the autumn there like that. Um, you know, in a long long time. So I think that um, you know, while she does like it wet, it probably got too wet for her later in the autumn, and so she she struggled in a couple of runs there. Then she had to make that trip over to, to France. She ran in a race first up in France where they went very, very slowly. Um, she was at the back of the field, struggled to make ground, but no horse would have made ground from where she was. And then last time out, she led, which is something she's never done before. So, um, look, while it, it's probably a fair racing, there's also been mitigating circumstances to that racing. And, again, really should it matter if if you've got this CV behind you, why should, why should you... Um, need mm. to be able to be, be, be performing at your best. Um, I think that's that's one thing that uh, they do tend to criticise people about with the Melbourne Cup is that sometimes it takes in old in, into account old form, but at least a, a horse that had won the Melbourne Cup last year or a horse that had won the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe last year wouldn't miss out on a run in a Melbourne Cup. So on the flip side then, is this a real dent to the rep of Australia racing that her group ones aren't being respected globally, including the Melbourne Cup? Uh, yeah, look, I, th- I think so. Um, I think it's fair to say that uh, I-, I think it's not not necessarily a dent to the reputation this happening, but I think it's a dent. I think it shows how Australian racing is viewed by by many people abroad. Uh, I think there's a there's a view that uh, uh, Australia's best horses Sweet. aren't at that level abroad. It's just it's, it's one of those things that I think um, there's a lot of parochialism in, in racing as there are in a lot of sports, but I think in, in racing in particular, um, you know, you go to the United States and they think that American racing is, is far and away the best. The UK thinks that UK is far and away the best. Um, they're, they're only place where I think that I've found that there's probably less parochialism is probably the place that deserves it the most, which is Japan. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a factor that, um, for, for, for many over here, it's it sort of, it's 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 highlighting to them um, that Australian racing isn't as good as as what we may think it is, and and I don't think that's um, I don't think that's fair, and I think that uh, I think that rightly uh, people can probably go mm, there's there's something wrong with that with that perception. 
Andrew, the- there is definitely something wrong, going there. Kempi, sorry, there's definitely something wrong there when Nature Strip heads up there and smokes them. So, oh, I can't believe it. Can't yeah. believe it. Go, Kempi, sorry. No, no, that's okay. Hey, um, just take, talk a little bit about this racing style um, and the way that Very Elegant has run over there. Do you think that's probably been against her, how they've stacked them up and raced really quickly over that last 600, as they do in the, in the arc when you watch it? Um, or is it just the grounds haven't really suited her? What do you What do you think, Andrew? Has been her her main deterrent? Um, I think it has been the way these races have been run has been that uh, that downfall, especially that first run. Um, you actually look at look at the the splits she's run late in that first up run, and she's actually run tremendously well. But but because it looks bad on paper, and and I mean the handicapper gave her a, a poor mark for that. Um, you know, that's that's one of those those things that has uh, made her look potentially not as good as as what we know she is. Um, second up, again, it was it was always going to be a, a slowly run race. So Christoph Sumion decided to take the bull by the horns and go to the lead. Um, I think she she ran well there. Um, the horse that the horse that won is a horse called Irasine, who uh, I know a lot of Australians have been trying to buy because they, they're convinced he'd win a Melbourne Cup. Um and so it's 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 a it's a it's a case of just things haven't haven't panned out. But uh, look, I think she'll be hard to beat in the race she does contest this weekend, which is uh, the Prix de Royer, which is a twenty eight hundred meter Group One um, for fillies and mares only. And um, hopefully, as uh, owner Brasikowski said, hopefully the French racing authorities will have the egg on their face on on Sunday. Yeah, we're hoping that happens too, mate. Um, so you've just given us a, a little lead, and she can definitely go into that group one and potentially push forward. Just quickly going backwards, uh, is, there, is there any fault um, that needs to go to the connections of Very Elegant and her trainer for not seeing this coming? Look, I don't think so. I don't think that they could have foreseen it at all. Um, I think even people that, that know the intricacies of the way in which the field is is uh, put together, um, yeah, we're, we're shocked by this when it came out the other day. Um, I think it, it when we saw that there was still twenty six horses in the field on Monday, it did run through our minds very quickly. Um, I wonder where she'll be in the ballot, but I don't think that we could have expected that some of those horses down the bottom, horses like Al Hakim, um, would be ahead of her. Um, it just it, it there was no logical thought pattern there that that could be that could be a case so um yeah i don't i don't think that they could have expected um that she'd be treated so poorly i think that they rightly would have thought that her her caulfield and melbourne cup wins would count for something but uh, obviously not hey andrew what about the value of uh, very elegant like there was talk that after she won the melbourne cup that she should be left down here not taken up overseas um do you think this has affected the value of very elegant going forward. Um, it's a good question, and it's hard to know. Um, I think that uh, certainly there'll be still be there'll still be interest in her, and I think that um, someone like uh, Japan, Japanese uh, breeder Katsumi Yoshida, who who is a big buyer of these mares abroad, uh, he'd still pay whatever price he had to to be able to get her. So I think there'd still be interest in her. Um, I think that. If she was able to get that Group One win in Europe, I think that would only enhance her value. It doesn't matter if it's a an Arc or a Prix de Royer, and it could actually be a good thing for her value if she 
uh, that, that she missed the arc and missed running, um, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in an arc and goes on to win a group one in, in Europe, that might actually enhance her value. So it could actually end up being a good thing for connections. But um, that's that's also uh, obviously not the sporting uh, the sporting answer either and not, not what they had hoped to achieve. Andrew, you've been fantastic, mate. Louis here, and this is why we got you on. I knew you'd have all of the answers for us. Um, mate, mm. just before we let you go, back, back home, if we've got this right, You've got a, um, an interest in Durston, right, in the Metro. Um, just talk, talk to yeah, us about right. your own journey in racing, and, and let's be honest, if Durston gets a good enough track, does he just win? Oh, it's been it's been really exciting being with Thurston the last uh, the last month or so. Um, I was at Randwick. He ran last in a, a Group Three there. Uh, at the end of August, and I was I was desolate because I I knew how good he was. Um, I'd followed him since his European days. I knew I knew what he was capable of, and then he's come out and won the Wang Cup, the Newcastle Cup, um, won them very impressively. Um, I was at both of them, and and uh, a picture came out overnight actually of of me going absolutely crazy in the stands, and um, yeah, absolutely remarkable. Um, I I hope he's uh, he's able to win. He's, he looks a weighted certainty. Um, if he runs up to his form, I just don't know how he's going to go on a heavy track. Um, I know Chris is concerned about it. And if you watch his races, he gets this old sort of daisy cutter action, which doesn't look like it will translate to a heavy track. But, look, you know, he's never been tried on it, so so got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, I, I have been very lucky. I've done a lot of things in racing. I've worked over in Hong Kong. I've I've worked on, on television in Australia. Um, I do some work with High Clear Australia, which is the, the um, owners of Durston, and, and they also have great house going around in the Turnbull Stakes as well. So um, potentially, potentially, if we're lucky, we might have uh, two Caulfield Cup and two Melbourne Cup runners, and uh, well, that will be <laughs> that will be something on the heart, that's for sure. Oh, how good would that be, mate? I've just entered my my horse journey, and I can I can understand it's a, it's a hell of a thrill. Not that I've got anywhere near winning, but uh, mate, well done, well done, and all the best going forward. Andrew Hawkins coming on and talking to us about all things very elegant. We appreciate your insights, and thanks so much, mate. We'll hopefully get you back on soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good morning. There he is, Andrew Hawkins out of France, talking all things very elegant. I've just had my coffee delivered. Thank you, family. Love you. <laughs> right. And uh man, great to chat. Great great to get a real understanding of what's going on. And and really fascinating to think that the North a bit like the the rugby union situation, totally. the North v the South, so much separation mm. and just uh, it's quite shocking to actually think that the Melbourne Cup and the and the Caulfield Cup doesn't have any respect that it probably deserves. And the group ones, there's too many of them. What do you mean there's too many? There's probably not enough of them. Well there's I mean, a bit of hypocrisy. Seriously, because mm. the, the, the Melbourne Cup now is truly international. The Aussies can't get horses in there. You know what I mean? And every every best, all the best Northern trainers come down here and bring a horse down because they want to win the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, it's chicken and egg though, Kimpy, because the Australians have gone away from stayers. And New Zealand stayers, back in the day, we'd, we'd be able to turn up with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten horses. But we don't produce good enough stayers anymore to be able to flood them with that numbers. And... It's, there's just so many different ways to spin it, but I think what Andrew is pointing out is every racing jurisdiction barring Japan is very insular, and they all think that they're the best at what they do. In Australia, it's funny, we watch a lot of Group 1 racing in Australia, and we just assume that Australia's horses are the best in the world a lot of the time. Well, Nature Ship's the best sprinter in the world, but, you know, 
if you're sending Animo up to the the arc this weekend, a lot of people would say he wouldn't run top uh, top half of the field. And you know that, like, fair or not, it's the I guess the only way you ever find out is when you send the horses and you line them up with each other. And then you've got horses in America like Flightline, and and that they are the high, he's the highest rated horse in the world. He's higher rated than ba- Baid at the moment. So. There are so many different jurisdictions and trying to stack them up and then trying to respect what they do well is really, really tough. But as Andrew pointed out, it's not good. Get the best from the best. It's not good for the Get global the best, game. Eh? Well, you can't yeah, have look, a, you know, for me, you can't have a group two winner with a, in a six horse race. No. If, if you're a purist and you want to, and you want to watch the best horse and you've got a, a group 11 group one winner sitting on the outside saying he can't make the race. Like that's not the, that's not what people want to see. But yeah. you know, you're talking you want to see about the best against the best. Well, you're talking about how the betting's been set up. You know, it's a it's a different race. It's a twenty horse betting mm. race, and they've and the handicappers have done it this way, and, it, and it's worked. But when you're saying very elegant, and we're down this end, and we want to support the the Arc de Triomphe, you just go, well, mate, what a joke! Uh, what a joke! You can't be a Melbourne Cup winner and not get a start. If you're at one eleven Group Ones, it's an interesting question though because in every Group One is an equal, and I think that's what we're learning. Like, look at the Arrowfield Stud Plate tomorrow. No offence, no offence, seriously, no offence. I don't, I don't want this to be like I'm potting New Zealand racing. So when Just Ask Me wins a Livermore, what are you going to say? Well, no, the Group One's <laughs> a Group One. I don't care if I don't care if he. That's if, right. It if is. he wins, win, wins it. And and who's in it? It's it, a group one. It's a group one. It is, and that's right. And you can't take that away from connections. But at the same time, the pricks, uh, sorry, the arc is a group one, and we know you're like, talking about something else. Then you're going <laughs> to call them something. <laughs> <laughs> Who just asked me? No, no, no. The French. Oh no, no, you're the head. Yeah, no. Well, that handicap is a prick. Let's be honest. We've seen and heard champions make history year in, year out on the biggest racing stages. These are the many stars of spring. Yes, he's eccentric, he's electric, and the big Kiwi bred knows how to train a winner. Bjorn Baker's gone from strength to strength since setting up his operation in Sydney, and he knows springtime is where the winning champagne tastes best. This week, his star sprinter overpass secured his ticket into the world's richest race. The Everest, under 24 hours later, this mare on the rise, Shades of Rose, was offered her ticket too. Two runners in the most hyped sprint in the world, not bad. Overpass lineups this weekend on his journey to the mountaintop. We've got the great man Bjorn on the line to get the mail. Morena, Bjorn. Morning, guys. Great to, uh, great to be on. Hey, great to have you on, champion. Your first run in the Everest, then your second just like that. Bang, bang. How cool is that for your team, brother? Yeah, awesome, awesome. So we are very happy, and uh, now it's a a big race, and it's really set Sydney alight since it's been introduced. So it's five years. It's a a young crowd, a a great atmosphere on the day. So now looking forward to it, and uh, obviously the money might help a little bit too. Mate, we've seen you enjoy some of that <laughs> that atmosphere at the races. We love it. How good are these sprinters we have knocking around at the moment? Yeah, well, obviously the, the number one, which uh, you may well know, of course. Uh, well, Hillary conquered 
the Everest, and, and Wallen's already conquered it a, a couple of times. Uh, of course, <laughs> Foxton bred, and uh, Nature Strip's the obvious one. Um, of Steve Hansen's got a share in him. He's a, the best sprinter in the world. He, he went to the UK and. Yeah, he smashed them over there, and he was very good a couple of weeks ago. So he's not running this weekend, so that definitely gives us a chance. But he's the, the one that we've got to get to on Everest Day. So it's a, it's a tough ask, but I've got two promising sprinters in there. They're young. Um, if it's not this year, maybe it can be next year. If you're going to get Nature Strip, how does it all pan out, mate? How does it all pan out on the day for you, Bjorn? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the big one. We've got to find a length or two. I thought the other day we actually he had had the perfect run, um, and we had to do a little bit of work. So he only bit us probably a length. Um, so we're in the ball we're in the ballpark. Uh, so we're going to have a, a good run tomorrow, and then hopefully a couple of weeks into it. But um, a lot of it comes down to tactics and just where we draw and, and try and get an advantage. One thing, Nature Strip can be a touch slow out of the gate, so if he draws an inside gate in the Everest, that may make him a touch vulnerable. And uh, there's a little bit more speed probably than there has been in past years. So even my mare coming into it, Shade DeVroe, she's won seven of nine, and, and she's got really good tactical speed, so she might be able to cross him as well. So that could make it interesting. That's uh, probably the one way he can be beaten. Oh, early on, we had, a, we had a chat to Andrew Hawkins, and he touched on, oh, we were talking about very elegant. I just want to ask you about training. Have we, have we, is the tides changing? Have we gone away from uh, training uh, stayers and, and having a genuine stayer in the country, or are we heading towards more sprinting over in um, types of breeding? Is that, is that where you're heading at the moment? Oh, I'm not really, but it's funny you mentioned that the because uh, we've got a couple of French guys in the trainers tower, and they just came up, and of course, very elegant didn't make their top race, the Arc de Triomphe this weekend, and uh, prominent New Zealand bloodstock agent Paul Moroni said, "Remember the Rainbow Warrior." So these guys know all about the Rainbow Warrior because I remind them every week. Otherwise, they wouldn't know. They don't teach it in school in France, but uh, very funny and. Oh, not really. Some really good staying races. I've actually got a French horse in the Metrop on Saturday. I think he's a chance. They've got plenty of rain at Randwick overnight. Um, Just the prize money's so good here. And, of course, um, uh, the Melbourne Cup, of course, is still a a big race. And uh, the New Zealand breeds continue to do really well, and and particularly over distance. So we've got the big sales coming up next month. We'll get over there if they're ready to run, and then back there for January as well. Mate, you've got the Metropolitan Field, um, which is an unbelievably strong by Sydney Group One standard. So, does uh, is it Arapaho? Is that how you spe- is that Arapaho? How you- yeah, Arapaho have a genuine <laughs> chance in the race. Yeah, I think he does. He's been up, but he's having a, a baker's dozen of runs. He's 13th up, so he's rock hard fit. He's done very well. For He was a bit of a weak backward Frenchman, as I say, a little bit volatile and temperamental, but he's, uh, he's going well. Uh, he's got a wide gate. He'll get back, and um, the wetter the better for him. He, he loves a wet track, and he's actually been running really good races Um been running good races with big weights. He dropped substantially on Saturday, so he's not out of it. Well, you've got War Eternal getting in very light in the Epsom handicap. What What's the case made for him? 
Well, the case made for him is the wetter the better and the tougher the better. Of course, he's a, he's a Cambridge stud horse, and, and we're just hoping it, it turns into a battle of attrition. Um, he's a... He's a tough bugger but he gets in with no weight and uh, we're actually going to go for an easier race but there's only the 12 in it and I think there's already one scratch and there might be another one And oh, I think he he's not out of it he's actually come in for a little bit of support he likes it wet and um, yeah fingers crossed he can he can, that's obviously a very important race he's still a colt too oh, so yeah. if he happens to feature he might be we might be able to get a little bit at the back end yeah, mate, just before we let you go, what's your best bet, place or wind, this weekend for the punters listening in? Overpass, win. Easy. There you go. I like that. Is he hey. busy? Is he's busy checking it out right yeah. now. <laughs> Where's that? Uber. <clears throat> Overpass, okay. Race what? Oh, I don't know about race five, Ramwick. You've got to get over here, lads. When you get to, to Ramwick, let me know. I'll look after you. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> mate. Book that in. Book that in. We're coming, Bjorn. We'll be there. We'll be there. Um, we're going to be there Everest debut, and we'll we'll see that. It's so good. Oh, we'll touch race. I, got, I might have a bit of free hospitality going with these uh, two slots. I think that's part of it. And geez, these these Aussies are gullible. We just love getting a piece of their cash. So it's a good place. <laughs> it's so good. They're not the hardest workers, eh? If you look at the trainers' hut at the moment, we've got French English. Irish, Kiwis, they, they get to rise here. These are a bit slow in the uptake. <laughs> they still don't have the blitters low either. Perfect, Bjorn. Great to catch up, mate. Thanks, guys. Take care. What a classic. <laughs> Do we just get a... Do we just get an invite to the Everest? I think he just said he's got some hospitality <laughs> knocking around. Let's go. Well, <laughs> well I'm, I'm going to be there, mate. so... I'm are like, you? Yeah, I'm going. What are you got? It's two. It's in two weeks. I'm gone. Who said? Well, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> About six months ago, I put the leave pass in, and, and it was oh. signed. So it's yeah, it's come around fast. No, I've, I've never. It's the one race meet. It's the new race meet. I like forever wanted to be a Melbourne Cup or the Cox Plate, whatever. The Everest. He's right. It's become electric. It has become electric, so he's got two horses in the race. And because it, it's a uh, slot race, boys, it's hard to get a horse in. Mm. You can't qualify, you know? That's right. You've got you to gotta be asked to turn up, so very cool. Bjorn Baker, what a champion. And, yeah, Aussie's not, not too hard working. Who's shocked about that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some chat now. I'd love to go over and have a, have a beer with Bjorn. Oof. Uh, there's nothing like it. NRL Grand Final Week where the suspense... The nerves, the stakes all boil down to two teams, 30-odd blokes and one chance at glory. Penrith, the known commodity, no one has mastered the dynamic consistency like them in recent times. X-factor, but stability. Para, the team taking the opportunities week in, week out to finally break the drought and prove they are elite. They match up beautifully. The game looms to be a classic. Who comes out on top, though? A man who has climbed the mountain, Top with the Penrith Panthers and knows what it takes to win a grand final is Paulie Fatiuda. He's a great Kiwi and he's on the line with me now. Morena, bro. How are you? Kia ora, rangatira, Kempi. I'm well, thank you. It is awesome to reconnect with you again, my man. Oh, that's awesome, Paulie. Same, uh, same corridor, bro. It's so awesome to hear your voice. How proud are you, bro, of your Panthers this week? Third time in the grand final. Jeez, they're going well. Third time, how, how how good is that? It's uh, 
as you know, it's just hard to to make semi-finals, let alone a grand final, and to do it three times in a row is is awesome. Yeah, no, so definitely proud of proud of the, the Panthers. It's my old club, but it's also good to to witness the the great talent that we have with our footballers today. Mate, what have you witnessed over the last five years? Why have they Why have they been doing so well? I don't know what they're feeding them, Kempi, but they're just pure athletes in, in today's today's footy. It's obviously, it's probably to do with their training and and with all the technology and, and whatnot. It's uh, definitely paying dividends for our, our athletes. I just think the game's evolved. The game has evolved. You've got centres running running 11 seconds flat who are 100 plus kilos. I was on a little 90 kilo centre mm. back in my heyday. So things have changed. Uh, things have evolved. And as as we both know, it's rugby league's the greatest game of them all, and nothing gets better than the grand final. No, and you've been there talking about grand finals, mate. What's this week about the grand final week? Yeah, from from past experience, obviously, it's a long time ago. I looking back at my time, uh, as, as long as you can stay calm, although the 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 limelight's on you and your team, you just got to go through your normal uh, routine and not get overawed by the occasion and. I had great coaches, John Lang and uh, the legendary uh, Tim Sheens was in his first cup of tea uh, winning grand final. So that last week with the, the Tigers, it was just about remaining calm, going through your normal routines and, and not get overruled by the occasion and play the game uh, before you're even on the, the football field. How good so, uh, Yeah, no, de- definitely a great experience to go through and, and, yeah, and to win as well. Yeah, he, uh, very, very fortunate. How good's that? A couple of couple of rings for Paulie Futz. It's so good. Mate, if you were defending Nathan Cleary, what would you have to do to stop him? I don't know. What to do? He's, he's, he's got the overall package, hasn't he? He's, he's a halfback. He's, he's confident. He's, he's got speed. He's got charisma. He's got a great king game. He's got a great running game. He knows uh, where to put that ball uh, where it's needed. So I think with... With most most halfbacks, you've just got to cut down their time, make make him work on on defence. So he's, I think, that five weeks off has, has given him uh, more energy. I know during that state of origin period, he, he seemed a little bit lethargic there for for a bit. So from the looks of things, the last two games, he's actually re-energised him. And uh, I think the great thing about Penrith, they've been to two grand finals, but they know uh, what it feels like to lose, but they also know what it feels like to win. So. Hopefully, experience will prevail. Mate, Para haven't won a grand final in 36 years. The team that I used to watch when I was a kid, uh, the Eric Gross, the Ellers, the Kennys, Sterlings, Price, the list goes on. Um, but they've had a decent run into the grand final. What makes Para dangerous? What makes Para dangerous? I, I, well, I've beaten the Panthers twice this year. Uh, the, they they deserve to be in the grand final. Uh, like anything, if they can just stick to stick to their normal routine, do what they do well, uh, they're up for a chance. It's a 50-50 ball game. But it's the pressure, Kempe, as we, we both know, playing in those those big games, the, the team or the individual that can handle the pressure the best will, will come up trumps. Yeah, that's but true. they've got every opportunity to beat, it, to beat them. Uh, it's, it's a West. The West uh, versus West Grand Final, the, the majority of the crowd is going to be Parramatta. And like you said, it's 36 years. It could be their time. But uh, yeah, who knows? I'm looking forward to, to watching it on Sunday night. It'll be exciting. 
Now you've been there. You've been to uh, Dally M's, and you know, obviously enjoying the the run of the the final week. Mate, can you remember what was the highlight of the week for you when you when you went through those grand finals? Was it was it actually getting to the game, or was it something leading up to it? Uh, it was. It was. I think just turn up the training and your stadium's packed, and I think just just the vibe of the city in, in Sydney. It's it's just uh, grand final uh, fever, uh, but Tim Cheens. I'll just go back to his his corridor uh, was don't get overawed. We we had a focus on on everyone doing their job well. Uh, if everyone turned up and played out minute by minute, set by set, uh, we'll come out with, with uh, the victory. And it goes quickly, uh, Kempi. Mm. Uh, but what I what I do remember uh, was. Uh, Definitely a relief that we had one, and uh, obviously post post grand finals was still a bit of a blur that that week or two weeks after the game. <laughs> yeah, but no, just just with with rugby league, Kempe, it's it's all about keeping those connections and and making memories with those other sixteen uh, great footballers that I was able to uh, play on the field with. Mate, talking about memories, and you've mentioned him a couple of times, Tim Sheens and your West Tigers. I've got to ask this question because it's is his favourite teammate. What do you think about Benji, Robbie Farah coming back, joining Tim Sheens and trying to get the uh, glory days back to your team, your old team, the West Tigers? I caught up with Benji four weeks ago when he received the New Zealand Order of Merit and they had a good corridor with, with him and he's definitely up for the challenge. He needs a challenge. It's going to be tough. Mm. Uh, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Was, uh, yeah, the reason why I wouldn't want to coach because it's a lot of pressure and a lot of demands. So it's going to be it's going to be a big ask for him. But in saying that, I think it's a good plan that he's got two years as an assistant coach under Tim Sheens, and uh, he's going to learn a lot the next two years. And for the Tigers, the unfortunately the only way is up. They finished bottom of the table mm. uh, this year. The, the, obviously, they need some changes, and uh, hopefully uh, Benji can can do the club proud. But it's it's going to be a tough ask. But I know Benji is confident. Um, young man because he's still young he's got a lot of knowledge within the game he's still connected with the players of today uh, so yeah I think it, it could come out trumps I hope it does but it'll be a tough uh, tough assignment uh, yeah any coach at a highest level is, is is definitely not easy that's for sure no no that's right and we, we wish Benji and his I guess his cohorts all the best uh, trying to get the Tigers back to where they should be mate the Kiwis they're ripping up the competition at the moment and we're definitely going to have a good team going on the World Cup. What are your thoughts of the Kiwi boys and the comp and the and the World Cup and the team coming coming along and hopefully bringing that cup back to New Zealand? Yeah, definitely got a great opportunity to to bring that cup home. We can never underestimate Australia because when we do, we know what happens. Uh, but in saying that, we've got a, a, an exciting group of of players that seem injury free. Uh, we definitely will be strong, and you can also look at Samoa. They've got a uh, a high standard team as well, so it's going to be a competitive World Cup. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we, we stay injury free and uh, come out with, with that trophy because it's been a while, and it'll be nice to to finish off the year uh, and I believe with some great success and winning the World Cup for our Kiwis. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, man, be awesome. I'm, I've got my fingers crossed, mate. What are you up to these days, Paulie? Yes, uh, so I'm still involved with the NRLs. Thankfully invited to come over to the Daily M's. has been on the Daily M panel. So just enjoying the festivities this week. Uh, got to catch up with 
with my former teammates uh, with O five crew on Friday, then O three crew on uh, Saturday, and, and go to the game and enjoy, then catch the early flight back home to Tamaki Makaurau. Uh, yeah, so uh, just enjoying the week of football. It's uh, a great place to be in Sydney uh, for this week, and yeah, it's all about reconnecting those those friendships too because they are important. Yeah, mate. Hey, look, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week. How different, you know, is is it of um, th- these days nowadays for when we were running around, and how much uh, we know about that space? You know, is there is there a lot of work? I know you're doing a lot of work in there at the moment. What what sort of differences have you seen um, between th- then when we were playing and now the current the current crop? Yeah, definitely uh, it ain't weak to speak uh, for our athletes or today or people in general. Uh, there's, there's more support out there. Mental health uh, awareness has has, has uh, definitely been a positive place to come in and, and court it all and, and get that uh, help and support that we all need. Uh, we've all gone through trauma or pain, especially during COVID. And what I do know is when you isolate yourself, loneliness becomes toxic. So it's important to know that there, there are organisations and people out there to, to support you in need and it's important just to, you know, if you've got a loved one that's in, going through some tough times you can tell that they're, they're a little bit down, just ask them, are, are you okay? So I think it's, uh, yeah, compared to back in our heyday, it is, it's, it's a more of a safe space to come in corridor and, and making sure that uh, you, you get that right support around you. Oh, that's the most important thing, eh, Paulie, is to kōrero in a wākatoa all the time. Hey, um, just before I let you go, mate, what's your prediction? Penrith by how much? Brother, I think I'm going to have to go with the Panthers. They've been the, the form team uh, this year and last year, obviously. Uh, they they look cool, calm and collective uh, last night. Man, there's some big boys, Kempi. Big boys. From, from both sides, big <laughs> boys. Uh, but so my money's on the Panthers. Uh, but you know what? The Steelers win it. Good on them. I hope they don't. But, uh, you know, 36 years is a long time. So I'm going for my Panthers. Yeah, pai ki te kōrero ki a koe, ki te, uh, e te rangatira e poli. Hey, uh, good to kōrero to your brother again and uh, look forward to catching up to, up with you just to, to chew the fat and uh, see see how things roll over these, uh, these next few years. Uh, might even get you in the studio, mate, up here in Auckland. So enjoy your week. Enjoy your time over there with all your brothers, your your Tigers ex-mates, the O3 boys, of course the Panthers boys in 05. Um, yeah, you've been there, done that, and uh, we uh, wish you all the best. Thanks for joining us on Izzy and Kimby for breakfast. Well, guys, we've made it. It's time for the Friday Tipple. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Friday, Friday tipple. To start us off, I want to give a toast to Dan Hillier, who put in an amazing 10 birdies to secure himself a win at the Swiss Challenge event in France. The young golfer talked about dealing with the second year blues as he edges closer to securing himself a spot on the DP World Tour. You know, you get to year two and um, it sort of gets a little bit monotonous I guess so I was just sort of going through the motions a little bit and you know sort of now that we're at the business end of the season you know I think there's you know obviously a little bit more fire in the belly and 
bit more fire in his belly for sure. And well, he messaged me and told me to get into those pro golfers' ears when I when I play my little <laughs> event. I said, "Are you are you serious?" And he goes, "Nah, maybe not. Bit of etiquette might be gold." Nah, get way, in there, so. mate. Get in there. <laughs> if I spray it, I'm gonna banter them, Kimpy. Anyway, well done. Ben. Well done, Danny boy. And following the footsteps of the Black Caps, the White Ferns have been spending some time in the Caribbean. Not up at the Pullman like I thought, where they've been playing against the West Indies. We spoke with Matt Mealy Kerr about how the new players are gelling together. The new group's going extremely well. The young players are awesome. They've got a bit mm. about them and have just slotted in really well. And yeah, the coaches have been awesome, stealing a few of the Aussies from um, <laughs> winning environments as well. Yep, need to bounce back the girls, but uh, yep, she's going all right, is he? Bowling, batting, and, and uh, a nice little all-rounder. Yeah, she's a good girl. She's uh, very uh, passionate about mental health too, and she's uh, had some amazing clips on her Instagram page if you want to go have a look at that, doing some good things. Awesome, Melly. Well, on Wednesday, we spoke to our mate Steve Lanks, the one-eyed Lancaster, who walked down the hall from New Zealand Rugby to talk about this week's NPC Charity Round. It's a great initiative from NZR as players will be outfitted with pink socks to raise awareness for breast cancer, which is a cause that is easy to get behind. Back to your question, is around was it hard uh, landing on a charity? Not really. Breast cancer, um, it affects a lot of families in New Zealand, a lot of people, yep. and so uh, not a lot of debate, frankly. It was, a pretty, it was a pretty easy one to land on, and the players have been really supportive as well. Yeah, I took the my most busiest man. Busiest man in NZR at the moment, doing some good things in the community and uh, a great initiative and hopefully raise some money for char, for breast cancer. Yeah, awesome work. Good boy, Lynx. Good boy. Hey, uh, yesterday we also spoke with Richie Barnett for More Than An Athlete, one of our better segments, and our chat with him was particularly timely considering it's Mental Health Awareness Week, which is a cause that is also close to his heart. Like I've, I've always been fascinated by human behaviour, having a brother that sort of went so far left and, and me so far right I wanted to understand what those decisions and when were those decisions made by somebody at that time and um, so I was just really intrigued by it all Yeah, great chat by Richie Barnett we've all got those stories A as E and uh, also want to just tip my hat to you as E for your week in and around mental awareness and uh, giving everyone an opportunity to chat Thanks, brother. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important week, but not only this week. It should be spoken about every single day. Get out there. If you're struggling, that's normal. Normalise it. Anyway, time for our toast of the week, which could have easily gone to Richie, but I think when you pledge to run seven ultra marathons in seven days, you deserve the extra shout-out. Yes, lead Rhinos legend Kevin Sinfield will be pushing his body to the absolute limit ahead of the Rugby League World Cup, and he's doing it all in the name of charity. In tragic circumstances, the mighty Rob Burrow, who you guys will know over there, um, got diagnosed with motor neuron disease in December 2019, and we wanted to do something to show Rob how much we love and care for him, and and, um, we wanted to stand shoulder shoulder to shoulder with him. Yep, tip my hat to Kevin, what an absolute champion. There's so many people out there that just go beyond belief they've pushed the body through to, to through its limits and right to the very edge all in the name of charity and, and raising money for for rob burrow who i remember watching little jack rabbit running around for leeds and in, in england it was uh yeah fascinating this obviously our great man kane over in australia did the same thing so these guys they are special
Appreciate yeah, it, Kevin. What a champ! What an absolute champion! Just brings a nearly a lump, a lump in my throat. That stuff that Kev's doing, and uh, I can't wait, can't wait to uh, watch the great man shop of the the final of the World Cup in Old Trafford, having conquered seven ultra marathons in seven days. Well, wow. pretty cool moment for you, Kempi, when he uh, said that you gave me my debut as well. And there's a guy who's gone on to play 600 first grade games. Uh, you're you're global. You're impact worldwide, mate. And yeah, Kev Sinfielder, everyone we've had on the show this week. You can go find all of their podcasts. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Relive the week we've just had. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91